Welcome everyone to episode 330 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm your host, the Glorious League Freak, and today I want to talk about the 2021 Rugby League World Cup because there's a lot that's been said about it, and it feels as though, depending on where you live, you have differing news sources and differing opinions on what should happen with the Rugby League World Cup this year. Um, Before I start, the first thing I want to say is that nobody wants to see the Rugby League World Cup played more than I do. They just don't. I love the Rugby League World Cup. It's the tournament for me. It would be amazing to sit down at the end of this year and watch a fully-fledged Rugby League World Cup with all the best players, full stadiums, and it be a roaring success. No one wants that to happen more than I do. And the second thing is, I don't want to see a Rugby League World Cup that is undermined or diminished by decisions that aren't really in the best interests of the sport itself. So with that out of the way, let's get into this whole discussion. Uh, Earlier in the month, the organisers of the Rugby League World Cup come out and they basically put to bed any idea that the tournament was going to be put on hold or cancelled or anything like that. We're in the middle of a global pandemic at the moment, and unfortunately the numbers of people that are catching COVID-19 with this Delta strain, and the number of people that are dying are starting to rise. And it seems like it's like that in many parts of the world, unfortunately. Uh, In the 24 hours before this podcast got recorded, England itself had 42,828 new cases of COVID-19 reported. That's in the last 24 hours. They also had 82 deaths. Now, these are numbers that, as an Australian, are just mind-blowing. Our numbers are way, way lower. We're talking about the Delta strain in Sydney being caught by 100 people, and we're worried about that. I think there's only been two people in New South Wales that have died recently from COVID-19 over the course of, I think it's weeks or even a couple of months. So the numbers between what you're seeing in Australia and what you're seeing in the UK are completely different. And the thing you've got to remember is that The NRL is going to supply the bulk of the elite players for the 2021 Rugby League World Cup. And I think that that's important to remember. There's going to be players from all over the world that play in the World Cup and many, many different levels. But the vast majority of the elite players are playing right now in the NRL. And that's great. That's why the NRL is such a good competition. That's why... You know, we see the best of the best of club rugby league in the NRL because we've got all of these great players from all over the world in our competition. It's fantastic. But it does have its drawbacks, especially when we're in a global pandemic. I look at a team like the New Zealand Warriors who all of last season, after we come back from the COVID-enforced break, they had to relocate their entire club to Gosford so that we could keep the NRL going with the 16-team competition. And it was vital that we did. It meant that we didn't drop one game every week. 
It meant that we could provide the right number of games to broadcasters. It meant that we just kept things all together in the NRL, and that was really important for the game overall in Australia, and I dare say in New Zealand. But in doing so, the New Zealand Warriors sacrificed a lot. They weren't able to go back home. They had to stay in Australia. Now, a handful of their players during the season decided it was too much, and they went back home to New Zealand, and it hurt the club. You know, the club had to start bringing players in from other teams to fill in those those spots in their first-grade team. They come over again this year, and they settle back down in Gosford, and they've been in Gosford Geez, I think it's since about February at the start of this year. They haven't gone back home. They can't. They can't sleep in their own beds. They're living in like hotels and stuff. And just recently, they had to move from Gosford up to Queensland to continue the NRL bubble because we have so many cases in New South Wales. And so the NRL has moved every single club up into Queensland. So these New Zealand Warriors players, not only have they moved away from New Zealand, they've also moved away from their surroundings that they were probably just getting used to in Gosford, and they've moved up to Queensland. You know, these players haven't seen their friends, their family, all sorts of things for months and months and months, and they've done it to keep the NRL going as we know it. And we've seen so many people thankful, absolutely thankful to the Warriors. And we've talked about it on this podcast. I mean, I'm at the point now where I think that as soon as the Warriors can play back in New Zealand, forget about having one season where they play every single game home and away in New Zealand. I think they should have two seasons like that. And if they're forced to stay in Australia again next year, I wouldn't be against them getting an extra million dollars on their salary cap just as a reward for all of the sacrifices that the club and the players have given to keep the NRL going. I don't think that people realize how difficult it's going to be for these players, you know, being away from home. They didn't expect this to happen. They started last year thinking that they were going into a normal NRL season. And here we are about 14 months, 15 months later, And they've spent very little time at home since then. It's a really weird situation. And then you've got the Melbourne Storm who are in a little bit of a similar situation. It's obviously easier because they're in Australia, but they had to relocate from Melbourne up to just north of Brisbane on the Sunshine Coast. And they had to play their home games on the Sunshine Coast. And just when it looked like they might be able to go back to Melbourne and play games in Melbourne, they all flew down there and had to get straight back on a plane and fly back up to to the Sunshine Coast again. You know, so that's two clubs that have been put out for a long time now in the Storm and the Warriors. On top of that, we've got all of the teams that are based in New South Wales have had to now go up to Queensland. So they're only just starting to get that bubble, that true bubble experience where you're in a hotel and you're away from all your training facilities, you're away from your family, from your friends, from your surroundings, and you're doing your best in temporary accommodation. 
temporary training facilities, playing in every game's away from home. And they're just starting to get that experience now. Now it's different for the Australian-based teams. It really is. It's hugely different. They're all in Australia. But I don't think the sacrifice of the New Zealand Warriors should be undercut in any way. Because without them, the NRL would would have been in a lot of trouble. And they would have had to have sacrificed a lot of money. As it is, playing all of these games up in Queensland, they're sacrificing tens of millions of dollars straight away just by putting all the players up in accommodation temporarily. And hopefully it doesn't last for too much longer. But, you know, the way that the numbers look and the way that this Delta variant continues to grip people and grip people in the community and, you know, the numbers aren't going down anytime soon. It looks like this is what we're going to expect for the rest of the season. And they've already said the NRL Grand Final is almost certain to be played in Queensland at this this stage, the grand final. And that's fair enough. In a situation like this, you've got to just do your best with what you've got. Now, with all of that in mind, the Rugby League World Cup, it's a really unfortunate time to be having a Rugby League World Cup in the middle of a global pandemic, especially as the numbers are starting to rise again. If you listen to this podcast, you'll know that me and Andrew have gone between saying, I don't know how they'll be able to play the World Cup. And we were talking about this last year. And then we got to a point where we're like, oh, it probably could happen. And then there was a point we talked about it. And we're like, oh, yeah, the World Cup will go ahead. All of the COVID numbers going down. Well, now they're going back up again. And I don't think it's anything, something that anyone saw happening. You know, these numbers spiking the way they are. And it's really unfortunate. It's really, really unfortunate. And it's happening at a time where many different sports are having to work their way around what is going on around the world. Um, They're taking different levels of precautions. Some of them are just letting fans in. Others are not having fans through the gates at all. Different countries treat it differently. So... I know for Australia, if you fly into Australia, you've got to do a two-week quarantine in a hotel that is basically set up by the government. You know, the government sends you to these certain hotels, you're in quarantine there for two weeks, and then you're allowed out if you haven't got COVID. It's different for other nations. I don't know how, say, for instance, New Zealand does theirs. I'm pretty sure they've got a similar sort of two-week quarantine there was a few weeks there where we had an open travel travel bubble with New Zealand, and then when our COVID numbers started going up all of a sudden, that was shut, which was really unfortunate because the New Zealand Warriors had just announced they were going to play their first home game in over a calendar year, and they had to cancel it. It was really, really unfortunate. I find it really hard to see how you could play a Rugby League World Cup under these circumstances. And before I get into why, I just want to say that two things. Number one, if Australia chooses not to play in the World Cup, fine. You know, if the ARL, in all of its wisdom, says, look, we're not going to send a team over, 
that's fine. You know, I, I think that they've got to make the decision that they make. And for any players that choose to pull out of the World Cup, I've got no issues with it. When I think about the players and the teams that will be affected by this World Cup, I'm not thinking about Australia. I, I just not at all. They're not the team that comes to mind. We saw in 1995, Australia picked a team out of half of the available players and they still won the World Cup. Now, I think it's a very different time now. I think there's a lot more contenders. But I think that Australia could pick like its fourth string team. I think you could take out all of the teams, all of the players that were involved in the State of Origin series, for instance, and get all of those players that weren't selected in Origin and put together an Australian team. And that team is going to turn up. They're going to be bloody hard to beat. Are they going to win it? you'd be hard-pressed to bet against them. But I'm not thinking about Australia in any of this. I'm thinking about all the other teams. The New Zealand Warriors give so many players to not only New Zealand, but many of the Pacific Island nations. And I just can't imagine any of the Warriors players are going to say, look, I want to stay in a bubble situation not go home to New Zealand, not see my family, not see my friends, and fly straight over to the UK where the numbers are outrageous in terms of how many people are getting COVID-19 and unfortunately how many people are dying from COVID-19. It's tragic. I can't see any of the Warriors players signing up for that. You know, and even if they're able to come into the UK and not go into any sort of, you know, two-week lockdown before they can travel around the UK, they're going to have to do that when they come back after the tournament. So it makes the World Cup two weeks longer than it normally would have been. And if they travel back to New Zealand, they're only going to be there for, what, a month and a half, maybe two months at most. And then they're going to have to go back to Australia. It's just asking so much of those New Zealand players. And they've got to get a break. Like, I understand it's professional sport and what they're doing right now, they're getting paid a lot of money for. They don't get paid the same amount to play in the World Cup. Not even close. And, you know, as important as the World Cup is, at some point these players are just going to want to break from being locked down from not being able to just enjoy life and live their life and go out, you know? So if every single one of the Warriors players chose not to take part in the World Cup, I could not blame them at all. I really couldn't. I feel really sorry for them and what they're going through right now. And yeah, they're earning a lot of money to do it. But man, you think of the way you feel during the lockdowns you've been through. And then think of how much longer the New Zealand Warriors have had to deal with it. And they've had to do it while playing a high-profile sport where everything's up in the air. They don't know who their teammates are going to be from week to week. They had their coach sacked last year. Then they got a temporary coach. And then they got a new coach to start this year in Nathan Brown. It's been such a weird situation for them. And just as there's a light at the end of the tunnel, 
and they think, man, we might be able to go over and play New Zealand again, go back home. The rug gets pulled out from underneath them completely, and they're on the way up up to Queensland. Uh, I just feel really, really sorry for them, and I I hope that the club, and I know the NRL and the Players Association, they're, they're doing their best by the Warriors, and it's good to see. But all of those players, they're going to want to break, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. And I think when it comes to the Australian players who have been in a bubble-type situation for a long time, I mean, we saw the St. George Illawarra Dragons within the last month. They fined 10 players a total of $220,000 for having a barbecue together. So you can imagine what their restrictions are like on the rest of the NRL players, you know? It's a really, really tough situation to ask these players to be in that sort of situation for a whole NRL season and then decide to pack up and go over to England and play in a World Cup where the cases are going. It's crazy how many people have it over there. It's just a really, really bad time for the World Cup. It's, it's terrible because we'd all love to see it played. We'd all love to see it go ahead. I mean, you know, the, when, the rug, when the rugby league season finished last year in Australia and then we had the Origin series, it didn't really feel like Origin. Origin at the end of last year, and I've talked about this before, it kind of felt like just three exhibition games. And it was sad because what Queensland did was historic. I think it's the greatest coaching job of Wayne Bennett's entire career. And I put it right alongside that 1995 Queensland team in terms of teams that, in origin, that weren't supposed to have a chance and that won a series. It was incredible. And so to have a World Cup to look forward to at the end of the year, I mean, I I would love it. I would absolutely love it. But I just can't see how it's going to go ahead. Now, all of the criticism that we've seen has basically come from the UK. Uh, There's not been too much criticism in Australia for the stance of the Australian Rugby League, who currently are the only nation to not sign off on sending a team over. And that's up to Australia. You know, what they choose to do, I'm fine either way with it. You know, if they don't turn up, whatever. If they turn up, great but every other nation has signed up to it. Every other nation is relying on money from this World Cup for funding, especially the smaller nations. Uh, We've had no international football for quite some time now, and that's a big revenue stream for some of these nations. Uh, You might get a nation like, say, New Zealand, who aren't as reliant on it, but it's still a good chunk of money for them. And every other nation has signed up to take part in the World Cup at this stage. Now, there has been some talk about how much money the UK government has put into this World Cup. I believe it's £25 million, which is a hell of a lot of money. And it's just really unfortunate. And when it comes down to World Cup organisers talking about the financial situation the World Cup is in, 
and how financially strong their books look before the tournaments kicked off. You know, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about this. I've been too jaded by that before. I've heard that story so many times. And then you get out the other side of the World Cup and the World Cup organizers say, oh, there's no money. There's just no money. In fact, we're in the red. Anybody that lived through the 2000 World Cup knows that, you know, it doesn't take much to go wrong in the World Cup for an organization to say, we're in the black before a ball has even been kicked to turning around and saying, well, it rained. So we're in a perilous financial state. And the 2000 World Cup was so bad that Australia and New Zealand had to tour the UK year after year after year for many years just to keep a rugby league in the UK in some sort of financial situation to keep it from completely collapsing. That's how bad the 2000 World Cup was. The problem I see going into this World Cup is if Australia decides to not turn up and, you know, even if 10% of the game's elite players decide not to turn up, what happens if we end up with the World Cup where the football isn't going to be of the highest quality? And we all know that the winner of the World Cup they're going to call themselves world champions, but, you know, we're all going to know the real situation, that most of the elite players weren't there. And then if you get to a situation where the COVID numbers get worse in the UK and you have to lock play uh, fans out of stadiums or you have to even cancel games, I mean there's the potential for this World Cup to go downhill very quickly. And that really worries me. Because Rugby League can't really afford to put on an event that's thrown together like that. That is, you know, we need stability in international rugby league. And I understand cancelling a World Cup or calling it off for 12 months, it's terrible. It's really, really terrible. But man, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Like, this isn't a situation that anybody has control of. Now, people have said next year, if you play the World Cup in 2022, you're running into a bunch of other tournaments. You've got the Soccer World Cup, I believe, happening and other competitions going on. And that's unfortunate. It really is. But, you know... The possibility of this World Cup turning into an absolute disaster is very, very real. And I don't want to see that. The World Cup means more to me than to have it run like it's a, you know, a weekday touch football competition where whoever turns up, turns up. Whoever doesn't turn up, doesn't turn up. And if some teams aren't involved, we'll have buy rounds and we'll make up the competition format on the run. You know, we deserve better than that in rugby league. The World Cup deserves better than that. And that's what really worries me at the moment. The other thing that gets me is that there's just no feel for the situation, for especially the Warriors players. I keep going back to the Warriors players because, man, it's been tough for them to be in under the restrictions they've been under. 
And in the UK, all they keep doing is saying, well, the NRL clubs don't want them to be part of it and stuff. And it's like the NRL clubs are dealing with these players every single day. You know, they're closer to these players than the Players Association is. And they're just concerned about how this is all going to be run. They're just concerned about their players. And I saw a report talking about, well, they're concerned that their players won't be ready for pre-season training next year. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're worried that these players are still going to be under such, such strict conditions for being quarantined and moving between countries and finally being able to go home, go and see their family and all that. And then you've got the CBA with the NRL and the Players Association that gives them a couple of months off, which players desperately need. And the idea that people are saying, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, just don't have a preseason. We've seen what not having a preseason can do to players. It's not good for them physically. You know, you've got to be ready to play a season. It's not just like, you know, this is elite rugby league. You don't just turn up, chuck some boots on and get out there. And the uncaring attitudes I've seen from the UK towards players that are playing in the NRL. And as I said, take Australia out of it. We'll we'll bring a team together if we have to. You know, there's so many Australian players that can come together in an Australian team if we have to send them over. I'm not worried about Australia. I'm worried about Tonga and Samoa, Fiji. I'm worried about PNG, all of these players that you know, they've all been under restrictions. They've all had their lives turned upside down over the last 18 months, as a lot of people have. You know, imagine being in the, like we're in the lockdown in Sydney at the moment, right? We haven't been in a lockdown for very long and it sucks. It really sucks. But imagine if somebody said your lockdown in Sydney isn't going to end until the 1st of November, but then we want you to lock down again and fly over to the UK and be locked down in bubble conditions over there as well. So you can't actually see the UK. You can just, you know, do what you've got to do for the football. And then when you come back, if you're able to come back, you're going to have to go and stay in a hotel for two weeks. You'll probably get out before Christmas. You'll be right for Christmas. But then we want you back in the bubble again, let's say January, February at the latest would be good. It's asking so much of these players. And all I care about is the players, hey? Like, that's all I care about. There's more important things than a footy competition. There's more important things than, and it feels weird to say, but there's more important things than the World Cup. You know, these these blokes all need a break. And it's not the NRL's fault. It's not Australia's fault. It's this global pandemic we're all going through. All of us. And I know that English Rugby League, man, it could use a shot in the arm. It really could. It needs something to look forward to. But right now, they're not able to play games of football in Super League because teams are having COVID-19 affect them. You know, we're seeing teams that are 
having to postpone games. It's just a terrible situation over there, you know. One of the things that has been put to me in these discussions that I've been having online with different people is that the World Cup isn't about the elite players and that most of the people that will watch the World Cup won't care who's out there and that the UK government has put up all of this money in, you know, if we don't play the World Cup this year, they won't put as much money in next year and that they might not put any money into rugby league ever again. It's a weird argument for me because, and I said this on Twitter during the week, if the World Cup isn't about the players taking part and if it's not really about the nations taking part and the whole idea that we want to find the best rugby league nation in the world and if it isn't about rugby league supporters watching the Rugby League World Cup, if we're just putting on an event for people that are just generally interested in sport, is that enough to ask players to do all of this stuff to be ready for the World Cup? Like, I'm sorry, but I couldn't give a rat's ass about the UK government. And I know that there, you know, it's easy for me to say the people that put together the Rugby League World Cup, they have to care. You know, the people that are in the International Rugby League, they have to care. But I don't care about why the UK government has put so much money into the World Cup and how what they expect to get out of it, you know? As I said, through the whole thing, I'm just worried about the players and the player welfare. And it is so strange that being worried about player welfare, for some people, that's being on the wrong side of the argument. To me, that's really, really weird. You know, very, very weird. Um, I've heard people say that if the Rugby League World Cup doesn't go ahead in England, then it's going to be devastating for English Rugby League. But of the last six World Cups, four of them have been played in the UK. Between 1995 and this year, that will be the case. And... You know, have you seen English Rugby League during that time? It slowly died. You know, it's never been in a worse situation than it is right now in its entire history. It's in a terrible, terrible state. And playing a a one-month tournament with a bunch of teams that are missing elite players, that's not going to turn things around. You know, this isn't the silver bullet. This is a problem with English Rugby League over such a long period of time. They always have been looking for the silver bullet and they haven't been willing to plan long term. They haven't been willing to look at what they really need to do. They haven't been willing to expand. They haven't been willing to put time and effort into junior rugby league. They haven't been willing to really expand the game in the UK at all. I mean... I know there's been little bits and pieces here and there, you know, token efforts, but most of it's just been abandoned so quickly. It's terrible. And you can see that by where all of the elite teams in English Rugby League were in 1980 compared to all of the elite teams that were in Australian Rugby League in 1980. 
and the differences between the competitions then and now. I mean, the NRL have added Melbourne, Newcastle, Canberra, the New Zealand Warriors, North Queensland, Brisbane, the Gold Coast. You can't look at English Rugby League and what has become Super League and say the same thing, unfortunately. They just didn't put the effort in. And I'm sorry, but how many World Cups are we supposed to play in England before the game becomes popular there? You know, this the World Cup is not a silver bullet. I'm really, really sorry to say that. I wish it was. If the World Cup was a silver bullet, I'd be the first person to say, you know what, we have to play this World Cup to keep English Rugby League not only from dying, but to keep it really strong, to get everyone involved, to get new fans in. But, you know, if somebody tunes into Rugby League and they see their first game and they're, let's say, Welsh, and they're in Cardiff and they're like, oh, yeah, this is an all right game. How many times do England play against Wales? Oh, hang on. England doesn't like playing Wales. Okay. In fact, England doesn't like playing Wales or Scotland or Ireland or France for that matter. But it's all the NRL's fault. I just think that there's so many different dynamics that are going on here. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Like, that's really important. I can see all sides of this. I really can But the side that I find myself on is just player welfare. And I I just worry about, I just worry about the players, you know, and the players over there in Europe, it sucks for them. They're there, they're ready to rock and roll. Um, But at the moment, Super League can't play a lot of games because of COVID-19. And I just think it's the wrong time for a World Cup. And I really hate saying that. I love the World Cup. That trophy is just, uh, it's got such an amazing history. It's a beautiful trophy. And, uh, you know, at this point for me, everything else is just secondary to that trophy. You know, you can take the State of Origin shield back. I've already got my Panthers premierships. You know, that's why I can be so chilled about the Panthers losing the grand final last year. I got my premiership in 2003. You know, everything else is a bonus from this point on. But that World Cup is, you know, that goes back to some really important moments in the game's history. We've seen some of the greatest players of all time have lifted that trophy. There's no one that's lifted that trophy over their head as a captain that is not an out-and-out legend of the game. And it's important. But I just think it's the wrong time to be putting that trophy on the line. And I think that that trophy deserves more than to be used in an event that is second best. When that's thrown together or that's, a, you know, anything less than the best, I guess, is a way to put it. I personally don't have an ideal scenario for what should happen. I think that maybe you could look at postponing the World Cup until next year. It's not ideal, but none of this is. None of the none of it's ideal. 
you know. You just got to do your best with the situation put in front of you. Um, you know, I don't want to see it cancelled completely. I don't think there would be any problem with having a World Cup and then three years later having another World Cup. In fact, if it was up to me, that would be the World Cup cycle. We'd have it every three years. I think that would be ideal for the sport. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a rough one. You know, it's a, it's a rough situation. And I thought I'd better record a podcast to give all of my thoughts about it. I'm sure there are people that will listen to this podcast. And if you've got this far, congratulations. Um, there'll be people that will listen to this podcast and not be happy with what I've said. There'll be people that will listen to this podcast and will agree with me. As I said, there's no right or wrong answer here. I just can tell you how I feel about it. And, you know, the different people that are working for different reasons on the World Cup, they've all got different reasons for it being played or to be concerned about it being played. And I guess we'll just wait and see. Um, I hope that the COVID numbers come down, firstly for people, just in general. You know, forget sport and everything. This is a, a rotten situation that we're all living through. And I just hope that for people in general, it all becomes a better situation. Um, I hope that we get to the end of our club seasons and we say, wow, remember that few weeks when we were worried about Rugby League World Cup going ahead? Wasn't that weird? Now let's get stuck into playing the World Cup. And for... Man, two years now. I have hoped to see a World Cup final that sees Australia take on Tonga and whoever wins it, wins it. And the idea that the great Jason Tomalolo would be in the Rugby League World Cup final. he I think he's my favourite player in the whole game. The idea that he would be able to take Tonga into the World Cup final... There is nothing better than that. There's nothing better. And I hope that we see that. I really do. If you've liked listening to the podcast, please subscribe. Normally it's me and Andrew Ferguson that do this podcast together. Um, we'd love you to subscribe. Go and check out the website. It's fergoandthefreak.com. That's the podcasting website. If you like rugby league podcasts in general, check out rugbyleaguepodcastingnetwork.com it's all the best independent rugby league podcasts all in one place also check out my personal website it's leaguefreak.com it's been around since 2004 now and there's a lot of stuff on there there's some good stuff that is hopefully thought provoking there's some stuff I put on there that should give you a laugh or two check out the lookalikes and you know if you're listening to this you're an international rugby league fan and a rugby league fan in general. And, you know, let's stop bickering about this and just hope that it all works out. I really just hope it all works out. Anyway, thank you for listening to the podcast. And we hope that you listen into the next episode.